0: Hello there and welcome to another episode of In League with the NRL. Today we'll run through the weekend's matches once again and see who performed well and who is down in the dungeon again. Hint, Canberra. After that, we're going to have a little talking point suggesting uh, that state of origin period going to be a little bit different this year. Just how is it going to be refereed? Is it going to be refereed as we've had in the last three weeks in the nrl or are we going to just go back to the same old rules that they have every year which means no rules after that we'll have a look at next weekend's round the ladder and all that other exciting stuff so thanks for tuning in and let's go for another episode of thoughts from the metal cabin Here is the weekly wrap-up. Yeah, all right. Well, let's have a look at the, uh, the round that was and the interest or lack thereof that <laughs> became from it. And it will open up with the Broncos and the Storm up there at uh, Suncorp Stadium on Thursday night. And despite the Broncos' big victory the week before, uh, the Storm found a way to run over the top of them. What a surprise. 16 nil at half time was the storm uh, led and ended up winning 40 to 12 which uh, to be honest uh, the Broncos didn't play well and they they played better the week before but they certainly didn't have all the things go right for them this week as they did last week and the storm in the long run even though they're a bit slow out of the blocks and it, it uh, was I think it was only four uh, nil. Uh, at uh, with about uh, five minutes to go in the first half and then they scored two tries uh, quickly to get to that 16-0 and then after that it was, uh, it was open slaughter. So the Broncos are back to square one <laughs> and the Storm, well, they're going to be impacted I would expect by state of origin. It'll be interesting to see how they go with that. But another easy victory for the Storm who continue to surprisingly fly under the radar. The first game on the Friday night actually lived up to its billing between the Cowboys and the Warriors up there at Townsville. Two evenly matched sides, two teams both trying to fight their way into that top eight. And in the long run, they were uh, separated by a point at the at the death. It was uh, five tries apiece, four from five conversions each. And just a field goal from Valentine Holmes in the 79th minute was the only difference in the game, uh, 29-28 Cowboys led 22-6 at half time and did look like they were going to go on with it, but the Warriors came back strong at the start of the second half and, again, will probably consider themselves a little bit unlucky not to have won this game. And the number of games they're going to get to at the end of the season that they probably should have won, uh, that they've lost by a point, this one and the Manly game, there's four points there that uh, could well be the difference between them playing finals or not. Cowboys have snuck it back up into contention now with that win and going into origin again, they'll they'll probably lose a couple of players and it'll be interesting to see how they can hold fort in that uh, period. The second game on the Friday night probably exposed where the Dragons are at at the moment with injuries and suspensions. Uh, They just, well, they were never really in it against the Tigers. Tigers led 18-0 at halftime, ran away to win 34-18. It was one of those games that didn't <laughs> didn't inspire any um, belief in the game of Rugby League at all. I think they got less than 10,000 there at Bankwest Stadium. Again, it's no one's home ground. Why are they playing this game there? Uh, is it all money? I mean, I guess it must be, but the Tigers need to find a home ground. Um, yeah, there's not much you can say about this game in the long run except for the fact that you know, some of the... Tigers people are up there saying they're back in it now, but they've uh, they've only beaten two teams this year. They've only beaten the Dragons and they've beaten the Knights. It's just that they've ended up beating them twice. So when you've only beaten two of the sixteen teams, I don't think you can run away saying that you you're back in the hunt for semi-finals. Dragons are still going to be on the edge of the eight despite this loss, but they really need to get their full complement back on the field if they're going to be any chance of making finals this year. I was surprised at how entertaining the game between the Panthers and the Bulldogs was out there at uh, Penrith Stadium. Uh, I think everyone thought it was going to be an absolute blowout. In fact, I had uh, a couple of bucks on Penrith winning by giving a margin of fifty-seven point five. I was only paying eight dollars, and yet I also had a dollar on the Bulldogs to win for twenty-six bucks. And at the thirty-seven minute mark, uh, it was a fair bet. I thought <laughs> it was. It was only four nil to the Panthers. And then a late try there got them to ten nil at half time, and even in the second half they didn't score again till the fifty fifth minute I think it was, so it was still only ten nil uh, going into the second half of the second half. So the Bulldogs held on strong as best they could, again showing that they've they've got some skills and got some talent, but just nowhere near up to speed. It's going to take them a long time to get that right, and the Panthers despite the tough hit-out, um, we're good enough because they're the best team in the comp at the moment. Can't wait to see how they go in origin period because once they pick this team and we see how many players they're actually going to lose, it's going to be a very interesting period for them to see if they can continue their underfooted run. On Saturday, Arbo, the battle of the two blowout games from last weekend, the Rabbitohs and the Earls, so one of them was going to get away and... Uh, Fix that record, well, it was the Rabbitohs, who absolutely exposed the Earls' right-hand defence, uh, throwing on seven tries, winning 38-20. to 20. Um, Thanks to all the media for getting stuck into Damien Cook during the week because he had a blinder. Uh, Alex Johnson and Dane Gagai both scored uh, hat tricks. <laughs> um, Eels scored a couple of late tries to, to bring the margin back to some uh, respectability, I guess. But in the long run, it's just way too good. And, and they played well enough and were able to drag the Earls' defence in, and they just kept scoring wide. Um, I think you'll find that everyone is jumping up and down now, saying that the Earls' bubble has burst, they've lost two games in a row, and that they're all in big trouble. Well, it's two games. And they're going to be relatively untouched, I think, by origin period. They certainly have some things to fix and I've got no doubt the coach will know what they have to be and how they have to do it. The Rabbitohs are up and down as we've seen, uh, having lost by more than, well they've had 50 points put on them by both the two favourites this season and yet they can come out and play games like that where they can put the points on. So uh, it depends on which South City Rabbitohs turns up on the day as to how they're going to go. It was amazing how quiet it was on social media on Saturday night and that can only mean one thing, that the Roosters won. So guess what? (laughs) The Roosters won. There was no uh, bitching about uh, high tackles and sin binnings and forward passes, mainly because the Roosters gathered those this weekend and they were the ones who actually had the benefit of them. Apart from that though, uh, they were still far the better team. Raiders tried hard. They were out at uh, 10-0 at one stage early to start the game before the Roosters rolled them back in, and then by the time they got to 16-10 at half time to the Roosters, the second half, the Raiders just didn't have the legs, they haven't got the players, they haven't got the desire, uh, the coach is up in arms, the supporters must be <laughs> pulling their hair out, wondering how the hell they've gotten in this position from last year, uh, and the 44-16 to scoreline, even though it was up there at Gosford, um, it's a that's a pretty big win for the Roosters, and... Let's see how they go in origin period, eh? Or they'll just keep telling us that they'll still find enough under their sombrero to rack in a few more. In Sunday's game, now, there were some pretty average performances this weekend. I don't think there's any doubt about that, but no one's was worse than the Titans on Sunday afternoon against the Sharks up there at Coffs Harbour. And for a team that were on the improve last year and who have shown some good signs this year and are looking to play finals... You ain't going to get there playing like they did today against the Sharks. They were absolutely terrible. Uh, The Sharks led at halftime by 26-6. It was pretty much all over by then. Uh, Two sin bins aside each. And uh, Sean Johnson had a day out on his 200th first grade game, kicking six from six. (laughs) What a day. And a penalty goal as well. So, you know, had a a day out. 38-10 was the final score. The Sharks... Again, continue to... Well, they've won two in a row now, so they must be on a roll. The Titans do not look good at all. And in the final game of the weekend, thank you very much, Manly Seagulls. Killed my multi at the very last hurdle. Somehow going down to the Knights up there at Newcastle by 18-10. to 10. Didn't get much help from the refereeing today, I must admit. And didn't get much help from the uh, sin binnings that seemed to hurt them at the wrong time. Uh, David Clemmer also got the sin bin in the 79th minute with 20 seconds to go. So uh, Manly probably got the uh, raw end of the prawn this week. Eh, Sometimes it's worth losing five bucks just to see the Seagulls lose. And that's the weekend wrap. And now, here's this week's talking point. Well, it's State of Origin time again. (laughs) This used to be a hell of a lot more exciting back in the 90s, I think, than it is now. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe everyone out there who listens to this finds State of Origin terrific and can't wait for it every year. But I think my uh, love of State of Origin died a, a long time ago. And that's, that's easy to say. I mean, and you get Queenslanders to say, well, that's because you're from New South Wales and Queensland won, has won so many of them in the past fifteen years. And that's they're right. But they just the games almost whitewashed and, and this is part of what today's talking point is going to be about is the fact that for years and years, state of origin has been played under a different set of rules and or a different set of interpretations, I suppose is the best way to say. The things that can happen in club football if they happen in State of Origin, a blind eye was turned. And, and that happens a lot when it comes to the, how hard the tackles are made and the certain amount of tackles that are made and the bit of niggling that goes on. Just goes, and we have games that, you know, where there are no penalties given for the whole game and the game is allowed to run of its own course. And things that happen in State of Origin. you you mightn't get punished for, but if you did them the following weekend in club football, you could miss two or three weeks. So a lot of people like that, but I just think that for me, uh, I think that the rules are the rules and they should be the same whether it's a club game or an origin game. Now we're going to find out about that this year because with what's happened in rugby league in the last three weeks in the way that uh, refereeing decisions are being interpreted on the field when it comes to high shots and any Attack on the head, uh, especially, surely this now has to be a part of State of Origin. Now, if it is, and we see people going to the sin bin or worse, being sent off in a State of Origin game, and the State of Origin game gets decided by these kind of decisions, well, it's going to be uproar. And I think for me, this is what is the, going to be the most fascinating part of this year's series. Not the teams, not the coaches, not who's the favourite and who isn't the favourite, more how these decisions are going to affect the way the game runs. Um, Because it's going to be a problem if they don't rule, if referees don't don't rule the same way as they have been the last three weeks in club football, there will be uproar for a start as soon as it happens at club level. But if they do and suddenly we find a team are down, you know, we've got a, team, a game we're being played by 13 on 11 for 10 minutes, it's, it's going to be completely a completely different uh, outlook as to how State of Origin has been in the recent past at least. Um, I don't know how that's going to go, but I am really, really interested to find out last year's series of course uh, was played at the end of this series at uh, the season and was played under covid sort of situation and it was brought up that this was the worst Queensland team ever selected and that you know that New South Wales were going to win 3-0 and as per usual when things like that are said Queensland came out and won the series 2-1 is that going to happen again can New South Wales recover from that situation they had last year and try and come back and find a way to win the game. Now, you would hope that some of the players who underperformed last year in origin, let's say guys like uh, Nathan Cleary, uh, would be in a much better position uh, in their in their mindset going into an origin this year, the way that they are playing, certainly at club level. There's no doubt in the world that he's he's growing in stature, and that this year he should be ready to take on that leadership role that he's obviously going to have if he's the halfback for New South Wales. It'll also be interesting to see how many of the uh, all-reigning Penrith team end up being, uh, certainly in the New South Wales team, but uh, over both teams, Um, and whether New South Wales can find a way to wrest that trophy back. Now, famously, we know that Queensland won eight years in a row, New South Wales then broke that. Uh, Queensland then won again for another couple of years. And then New South Wales found a way to win for a couple of years and then blew it last year. So this year, I guess, it's, it's, a, it's a 50-50 contest. And it would be interesting to see if either side is going to go in saying that they're the favourites. They'll both be looking to go in as underdogs. Uh, and I, Not that it makes any difference whatsoever. For New South Wales, they're still going to have troubles. It's a, I guess one of the other things I should say before I do all that is how many fullbacks are going to get picked in these two teams? It's, I mean, there is every chance for New South Wales that you could have Tedesco and Tom Trebojevic and Latrell Mitchell all playing in the same side. And then there's also the chance that Clint Gutherson could find a way onto the bench, and that's leaving out Ryan Pappenhausen, who's injured. There's five fullbacks that New South Wales could well have pulled up. And then you have Queensland who've got, uh, like, you've got Ponga. Uh, AJ Brimson, who played last year, could also get a run again. Um, Valentine Holmes has been in good form, could also find his way onto a, into a spot there on the wing or in the centres or whatever it is. All these fullbacks, let's just pick all 16 fullbacks and see how they go and then pick teams around them, for goodness sakes. Anyway... Uh, Whether New South Wales have the ability to go forward in their forward pack and hold the Queensland team and then be able to use their back line to score tries, it will be interesting to see. Uh, No doubt. Uh, We've got the Flyers. We'll probably have uh, Addo Carr on one wing. I don't don't know who they're going to pick, to be honest. I'm not good at that kind of stuff when it comes to rugby league. Um, Lots of people out there have a better idea of what players should and shouldn't be in the team. Will New South Wales forward pack be a big one, though? That's that's interesting. I mean, they, they're talking about like Cameron Murray being available again now. Um, uh, and you've got Damien Cook, who's going to be sort of there. Jake Trebovich, all these guys who are, are not big forwards. Uh, are that, is that going to be good enough to hold uh, the Queensland pack? I don't know, because I'm not well enough informed in that. All I know is that whoever New South Wales pick will go into this game thinking, that that they should win this game. Because New South Wales always go in thinking they should win. Queensland always go in thinking they will win. And that's generally the mindset that that I find, I think, is the difference between the two teams. Is the pressure on New South Wales or is the pressure on Queensland? I'm sure Queensland will again, again go in believing there's no pressure on them because they will go in believing they're the underdogs. Despite the fact they're the champions, despite the fact they've won it for, what is it, 10, 11 out of the last 14 years, uh, they will continue to go with that mindset because that's how it works for them. Whereas New South Wales, the pressure always seems to be on them to win, and even more so after that lengthy period where they didn't. Uh, We still don't know where the first game is going to be played. It's set down for the MCG. Whether that goes ahead that way now, I don't know. Uh, You may well know by the time you listen to this podcast, it may have all been uh, decided. Does it really matter? It shouldn't. It shouldn't matter. The best team should win, um, but it'll be interesting to see whether the best team has enough players on the field to go ahead and win. Will I be watching it? Well, I know my son wants to watch it, and so, as per last year, I will watch it with him because he wants to watch it. Would I watch it otherwise? I'll be honest with you, I could quite easily not watch Origin anymore, and I wouldn't miss it in the slightest. However, let's get out there, and um, let's hope that the game is worth staying up until 10.30 on a bloody work night. Please, can someone get this game started before 8.22? Let's get the game started at 8 o'clock at the latest and then it's over and we can go to bed. Far out. Go the Blues. But what's happening next week? Bit of an easy week next week for all the tipsters as its uh, origin being picked this week. In fact, by the time you listen to this, you'll know the team, no doubt. Or both teams, I suppose. If you're listening from Queensland. (laughs) Good one, Bill. Anyway, split round so we have uh, a Thursday night game between the Dragons and the Broncos, and that's going to be at Cogra Jubilee Oval. How the hell do you pick this game? Goodness gracious me, I haven't got it the faintest idea. Toss a coin and see how you go. Um, the Dragons have to win down here, surely, surely, on a Thursday night down here. Friday sees the Tigers take the pan- take on the Panthers. What a game to what a round of- get the take on the Panthers, they're going to be about 17 players short with the Origin selections. And the Tigers, uh, some would say that they've done okay in recent times. They, well, they won the odd game here and there. If ever they're going to beat the Panthers, it's going to be this weekend, and I'm still backing against them because surely the Panthers have still got enough to win the game. Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, in fact, the only game next Saturday. That's going to be a pretty boring Saturday for everyone. The Storm take on the Titans, and I can tell you what, having watched the Titans uh, this Sunday, I don't care if the Storm are playing their third eleven; they will beat the Titans from here to the Gasworks. That's being played up on the Sunshine Coast, obviously, with the COVID situation down there in Victoria. And on Sunday afternoon, the Knights, who got up this weekend against Manly, now get to play the Eels, and they're playing that up there at Newcastle again, at McDonald Jones Stadium. The Eels have been on the backs of two uh, fairly average performances and they need to pick themselves up. Uh, and the Knights, well, they finally found a way to win a game. Who are you going to go with? I don't know. God. The Eels, if they lose three in a row, then uh, they will have all of all the uh, fans of other clubs jumping up and down with delight. So let's go for the Eels just because surely they can beat the Knights. Quick look at the ladder as we've reached the Origin round, and as somewhat predicted, the Panthers are still unbeaten. 12 wins from 12 games, out there on top on 24 points. They're two games clear of the Storm in second, who are on 20 points. And then the Eels and the Rabbitohs, still in third and fourth, despite the Eels losing to the Rabbitohs this weekend, they're both on 18 points. The Roosters sit fifth on 16 points, and as we've said the last couple of weeks, that top five has broken away from the rest of the... Uh, the rest of the pack. Uh, the Seagulls, the Cowboys, uh, they're on 12 points in 6th and 7th. Uh the Seagulls would be disappointed they didn't get to jump a clear there. And then on 10 points, we have the Dragons, the Warriors, the Titans, and the Knights as well after today's game. So there you go, four teams on 10 points. The Dragons somehow are still in the 8 on percentage. But I wouldn't have said... I mean, the Dragons, the Warriors, the Titans, their performance this weekend would have been very disappointing to take, I would have guessed. The Sharks and the Tigers and the Raiders are all on eight points. The Raiders are in free fall, and goodness knows how they're going to go, at least they get the bye this weekend. And then we have the Broncos on six points, and the Bulldogs still down there on two points. Alrighty, thanks for tuning in again this week to uh, In League with the NRL. Uh, this week of course we're all going to get geared up for Origin for those that are excited about it we've only got four games next weekend Eh, I'll see what I can come up with to talk about next week eh? (laughs) maybe nothing anyway thanks once again for tuning in and we'll see you next time